everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of The Back Peg. It is episode number 27. Thank you very much for joining us. And I'm joined, as always, by Lazarus Gremos. It's just us this week, Laz. Yes, it is, Nathan. And hello. And hello to all the listeners. And uh, great feedback for the episode with Michael uh, Valkanis, actually. So, um, yeah, I had some feedback that in Israel. So, and it got shared, which is uh, good to hear. Fantastic. Fantastic. There's a little bit of a, a left field sort of link to Australian football. Michael Volcanis, of course not, but Israeli football in particular. We talked about it during the episode that it's not a league that gets a whole lot of focus here, despite its Australian links in recent years. I mentioned some of the players like Rukovica and Sainsbury and the like that have played there relatively recently and still do. But maybe there should be a little bit more of a spotlight put on Israeli football, given the Australian links to it. And hey, Michael Volcanis, it was a great episode and... Thank you, everyone, for the feedback on that. And mm. we'll try to get some more uh, Aussies abroad, perhaps. Hopefully, you didn't get um, you know, too much heat for the comments about, um, or not that he said much about uh, Apoel, uh, sorry, about um, Bacardi Tel Aviv, but there is that derby which we'll keep an eye on in a couple of rounds. Mm, very much so, very much so. But, Laz, it's been international break and there's been a few stories kicking about. What caught your eye this week? Come on, Nathan. Be a bit more excited about it. <laughs> Oh, I mean, we talked about this last week. International break is international break. It's always a bit slower. Yes, it is. But what did you make? Particularly when the soccer is just played once. I was going to say, what did you make of the soccer is performance against Mexico? I was relatively impressed. We'll come on to the infrastructure of the gra- of the game and the ground in a moment. We'll, we'll you, definitely can, be bringing that up. We start on that. Okay, we can start on that too. All we'll right, tee off. Let's go. <laughs> This is supposedly the best stadium in the world, right? Oh. This is in consideration. People call it the best stadium in the world. Is it? Is it? I yeah. don't necessarily agree, but it, people have it on that pedestal. Okay. And um, that pitch that was served up for the soccer against Mexico is a joke. It, no, it's not a joke. It's a disgrace. It's an okay. absolute and utter disgrace. You'll find better artificial pitches down the park here. It, it's laughable. It re- it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. There's no other words for it. But dang, yep. don't let me hold you back. If you want to tee off, go for it. <laughs> it, it. It's an absolute farce. Yeah, it is. And look, the stadium is fantastic away from the pitch. Sure, they have so many levels and it's a brilliant piece of, uh, the what is it, the Dallas skyline? Sure. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when it all comes down to it, what actually goes on on the sporting front, you're right. It is a disgrace. And that pitch looked like some Bunnings AstroTurf. You get $10 a slab, all stitched together. The only thing that was missing was the sausage seal. <laughs> but, uh, absolute disgrace. Absolute disgrace. And look, I, I think if Australia are invited to play at AT&T again at any time in the next couple of years, I'd be saying, yeah, thanks. We'll give that a wide berth. Yeah, because we were on the wrong end of an injury coming out of that game with Jackson Irvine. Absolutely. And it was always a risk. And unfortunately, I haven't heard an update on the extent of it, whether it is weeks versus months. Mm-hmm. But in any case, this is something that's completely avoidable and should have been. Yeah, um, I think you've said it wrong. I mean, it's farcical. And Mexico should actually reconsider playing their internationals in the US at, in Dallas. I know they're going to play more internationals in the US, obviously, because of the Hispanic-speaking um, population there and obviously the Mexican diaspora. But that's just unacceptable on any front. Not yeah, good absolutely. It's not good enough. No, it's, it's you're that right. simple. Not good enough. And they played against Uzbekistan, Mexico, uh-huh. later on in the window. 
They had a three-all draw. Uh-huh. Brewing for a kick in that game. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't but, had a chance uh, to get around it. It was the goal to make it 3-3, and uh, an Uzbek player got the, got a late, late equaliser with a free kick from the narrow side of the box, similar to, you may remember, the Tony Cruz goal against mm-hmm. Sweden. Yep. Yep. Shades of that. And that was at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, which, of course, is a more of a football stadium mm-hmm. with an MLS side there. But, uh, yeah, at the AT&T, we said it crazy. So the players are allowed to play on that. But Laz, what did you make of the actual game itself? Just hang on, just on that. And this is World Cup Stadium. It is, yeah. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing on several fronts. I can't imagine that FIFA are going to allow that pitch in a World Cup. I can't imagine. Oh, I hope not. I mean, look, they're pretty stringent when it comes to the quality control of the venues, as as we know. But, um, yeah, uh, they're going to need to do some work with the guys in Dallas, that's for sure. But moving to the game itself. Good performance. Good performance. Through like, you know, disappointed to end up with a small draw, especially being similar. But all in all, good performance. Yeah, I agree. I think given that Mexico were what ranked number twelve uh-huh. in the world yeah. at the moment, I think we were the better team for two thirds of the game. And it wasn't close either. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'd almost go as far to say we played them off the park for 60, 65 minutes. Which, regardless of the result, and yes, disappointing to concede to and come away with a draw. But to see this team continue from their performances at the Qatar World Cup with another good performance here against another great team, mm. I think this is can only I think it can only be spun as a positive outcome for the Socceroos. It's just a shame that there's only one game in this window, and I think there's only one game in the next window too. Oh, there's two. There's two. Oh, is there two? Is there two? Okay, mm-hmm. so that'll be better. But to the point, the Socceroos are mixing it with some of the world's best, which is what all what we want to see. You know who Australia's got in the next window? Yeah, England. And New Zealand. And New Zealand. That is the one I forgot. Yeah, both both in London. It is a shame that New Zealand game's in London. I know it makes sense for the players because mm-hmm. most of the soccerers are in either Europe or the Middle East. Shorter flights. It is a shame. There should be an Australia-New Zealand game in this part of the world every year. Bit of an Anzac tradition. Yeah, look, I can, can see that point. I, I agree with you. I think that'll be on the cards uh, in years to come, but... I think it just makes sense with regards to this preparation. I mean, we've got an AFC Asian Cup that we need to prepare for. Mm, yeah, definitely. And important, I think, in these games to uh, bleed some players through. And mm. own goal aside, I think Cameron Burgess had a good game. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see him and Sutar pair up again at least once more. Um, a few of the other players could, like Sammy Silvera, got his international debut, good to see, yeah. after a, a pretty good start to life in England. And... Look, Keanu Backus didn't have the best of games, but a rare start for him in a soccer shirt. So I think there's some positives to take out on the personnel front as well. It's just cleaning up some of the mistakes. Like, as I say, the own goal and that mix-up for the equaliser. I say the soccer has played them off the park for 60, 65 minutes or near enough to it. But also, the goals we conceded were our own undoing. We weren't exactly outplayed in those moments, which is, I mean, clutching the straws a little bit, but you can take some positive from that as well. Rather a solid performance for 90 minutes than <laughs> 65. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, yeah. yeah. There was an opportunity there to post the result. And look, we've come off a loss against Argentina in the previous window. So, look, there's no doubt that the calibre of opposition that we're playing against is high. Um, you know, having played against Argentina, having played against uh, Mexico, playing against England, you know, New Zealand, you know, it, look, that'll be a, a, a test either way anyway. 
because of the uh, trans Tasman aspect to it. But yeah, look, we've what do you what have you made of the preparation? Not playing an Asian nation so far since the World Cup. It does seem deliberate to be playing really good teams like Argentina, Mexico, England, rather than playing Asian teams. I like it to be honest because aside from Japan, Korea, Iran, Saudi Arabia, we'll talk about Japan. Yeah, we'll come on to that. Um, <laughs> I. Don't think there's that many teams in Asia that are a at a level for us to really test ourselves in terms of a match we would expect late stage tournament, but also a team that we haven't played a few times already in recent years. Like we tend to mix it with the best teams in Asia somewhat regularly, and I think playing high level of opposition does hold us in good stead, uh, just as much as getting familiarity with that, some Asian nations. I'd like to see, of course, pre-tournament friendly with someone from the tournament leading into January. Agree. But uh, generally, or, I haven't got a problem. Or, or another playing. nation, or another nation that's stylistically similar. Like for instance, yeah, sure. I, I wouldn't mind if Australia played Morocco, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Chuck in Egypt, perhaps. Or Egypt, mm. yeah. In preparation for their African Cup of Nations, you know. Mm. You might see a fair bit of that because there is Afcon on in January oh. alongside the Asian Cup, so you might see a bit of cross confederation friendlies leading into it. But Les, yeah. you want to talk about Japan? Thank you. Not they got some nasty things sacked. Yeah. Clean 4 1 victory against Germany. Nazi gets the sack. And then Germany come out and beat France 2 1 with, <laughs> with Rudy Voller in charge. And I just had right, right on cue. And Japan <laughs> were very clinical, very clinical against Germany. They were brilliant. So, so was the, uh, the match in Qatar was no fluke. No, definitely not. We didn't think it was anyway, but to play each other again so soon and a similar outcome, well, at least a similar result. Yeah. And. You're right to point out that Hansi Flick got sacked off the back of it. The first German coach to ever be officially sacked from the national team in, what, is it, what did I say, 123 years of the team existing entirely. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a massive it's a massive win for Japan and a big moment in Germany for their future moving forward. Well, you know, they've got a Euro to host and compete against, you know, competing in a matter of what, I'll make it nine months. Yeah. So, yeah, they didn't muck around, that's for sure. Who do they get, Les? Who do they get? I reckon they leave Voller in charge for now. Can they twist Klopp's arm? No. Look, no? stop manifesting. I know you want Klopp out of the That's not going to happen. It will happen eventually, but it won't happen this time around. Uh, alternate timeline, Salah goes, and then Klopp says, oh, what am I doing here? And he goes as well. well I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. Nagelsmann? Too young. Look, I'm an ageist, right? But, you, you know, but I think that he would rather end up in Clubland again and then have that as a future role when he's um, when he's no longer motivated to, to coach club side. Is unemployment better than coaching the national team? No. Because that's what <laughs> that's what the choice <laughs> is at the moment. Not, no, but hang on a second. Not paid out by Bayern, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so he's not exactly sure of a quid and good luck to him. No, but surely he wants to get back into a dugout somewhere. There's no hurry. Should there be, but No. He can stay abreast of the trends and... and, and Tactics and playing styles very easily these days. It's it's not that. It's more that you're out of the spotlight for longer and longer. And it wasn't the best of spells he had at Bayern Munich. And perhaps they weren't in the right position to sack him. They should have kept him. But the longer it goes on, I think the less you sort of get. You, you sort of come away from the stage a little bit. The longer you stay out of football, you might not crave the spotlight. And I th- and look, there's a bigger job in the offing very soon over in Madrid, which he will probably put his hand up for. Do you think Madrid will still go for it? Oh, okay, let me ask you a question then. Zidane says, hey, I wouldn't mind having another go at it. That'd blow everyone else out of the water. It would. 
So, and I, and I thought that punch would actually wait for Madrid to come around. Yeah, I don't know what's doing there. That he doesn't look London. like it's improving. Hey, listen, he loves London and I understand yeah. it, right? <laughs> I love London sure. too. <laughs> it's my favourite city. Yeah, it's my favourite city in the world. It's... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, obviously Madrid's a better job than um, that Barca case at Chelsea. It's a yep. London, the bigger draw. And I don't know if Madrid would choose Nagelsmann now because, as I say, it's too long out of the game. Cool. And his last job at a big club didn't go well at all. Yeah. I can see a fit there, though. I can see a fit there. And look, the weather's nicer in Madrid. In that it is. Or England. <laughs> so, you know, uh, maybe that might uh, help with the um, creative juices when it comes to uh, coaching a side like uh, Real Madrid. We shall see. We shall see. But is Carlo definitely going? Can he wiggle his way out of uh, the Brazil agreement? Would you leave? Would you renege on Brazil? Think if it's going it. fantastically well in Madrid, perhaps. It is. Thanks to one trillion billion. Yes. But, um, With a potential uh, Mbappe coming through the door soon, surely that's enticing to hang around. If I was Ancelotti, I would leave Madrid for Brazil. But that's just me. Well, I'm biased, right? Um, <laughs> would you? No, I wouldn't. I'd be staying in Madrid. Hundred percent, I would. Okay. What about the brand of the Brazil national team and being the first and being the first ever foreign manager of the Brazilian national team? I don't think that's a bigger draw. I think it's a big draw, though. I think Brazil is a big draw. Being the first foreign manager of Brazil is not that big a deal for me. The way I would say it. But I don't think the door to Brazil closes necessarily if he doesn't go next summer. Not a fair enchilada. No, I think that opportunity can present itself in two, three years' time, depending on whatever happens with them, of course, and who they go with instead, sure. But this opportunity to manage a team potentially containing two of the best young talents in world football in Bellingham and Mbappe and company, I think that's a bigger carrot than pretty much anything else in world football. What a player Bellingham is, and he turned it on the other night against um, Scotland as well. Yeah, that he did. Incredible, incredible. um... Shall we talk about that England-Scotland game? Well, we can look. It's football's oldest rivalry, 150th anniversary of said rivalry at Hampton Park, and I think the Scottish crowd were too emotional for the occasion. <laughs> great tradition of flower of Scotland, I do. I think it's a great national anthem, but way like when you're booing the opposition's national anthem to the extent where you're drowning out the music, it was just you know, yeah. I think it was just a powder keep situation. As good as an atmosphere that creates. I think uh, sometimes you can have too much emotion coming from the stands, and uh, that appeared to be the case. And England far too good, far too good. Yeah, they were, and that's no surprise, really. And, and your mate Harry Maguire got, got on the score sheet. Yes, he did, and it's created another media storm because, of course, it does. Every Scotland. time Harry Maguire does anything, he gets a spotlight. Scotland's best striker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, their previous best striker was well is his teammate in the McDonough, of course. <laughs> yes, correct, correct. Don't know where Lyndon Dyke sits at the moment, but uh, there's a Aussie yeah. angle there. Yes, there is. But he chose but, Scotland, uh, and oh, uh, he's made he's made his bed now. And now he's got a line on. Yep, I do he have to be say, starting up front for us. Yeah, he would definitely, definitely. Um, I do have to say though, Scotland's kit, the commemorative kit, oh, job beautiful, job beautiful, badass, brilliant, <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Yeah, look, every kit manufacturer has and, hits and misses. And Nike just pissed it up against the wall again and just didn't bother doing it. Yep. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yep. You know, English Another FA. Another template. Yeah, English FA needs to have a look at itself, I think. But anyway. Oh, I mean, money talks. Yeah, but hang on. It's a special occasion. It is. 
It is. And you want something nice. Yeah. But I don't think the English FA are going to turn around and say, we don't want Nike anymore. Let's go with oh, Adidas or Puma or someone else. No, 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 no. Well, I don't think they'll ever go with Adidas or Puma. True. Being German. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who have you got instead? No, Castor? Yeah. Umbro. Umbro, yeah. Admiral. Would you see a, a Kappa England kit? You might. You might. I don't think that's going to happen. Though. Probably not. So, nonetheless, what did you make of England's performance? Uh, yeah, much of a muchness, to be honest. Of course, player for player, they're a better team than Scotland. But again, really, I don't think they've impressed. I still think there's room for improvement in terms of tactics and positional, positional facets as well. I agree with you because look at the England-Ukraine qualifier yeah. a few days before. And that's a, you know, they've got a performance like that in England for all their talent and for all their, you know, um, tactical nows and, and play. I don't know. And I think that comes from the manager. It does. It does. And not only tactics, but also personnel. Like, why is Jordan Henderson in this camp? Why is Harry Maguire in this camp? There's a whole host of other players too. It's like, it keeps picking favourites. When there's glaring obvious players that aren't getting selected mm. and changing of, changing of tactics as well. Like, Jude Bellingham's done a fantastic job for Madrid and he's offering so much in the final third of the moment. Playing as a 10. But Ryerson Bellingham in midfield behind, say, Foden or Madison, I think would be a much better fit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Look, I agree with you, man. I don't know why he doesn't do that. Well, Madison should be playing central, not down the left. Yeah. I mean, he drifts left at the moment for Spurs, but stick him in the hole. Mm, correct. Correct. And look, it's either going to be Foden or Madison, right? Yeah. I mean, Foden could go left as well, but yeah. Um, I don't know. England are being seen as favourites. Yes, they're a strong contender. Still got a funny feeling that they're not going to do it. No, I feel the same. And I think it is down to the dugout. But... Laz, do you see the FA parting ways with Gareth Southgate? Not before Euro. No. Definitely not. Which Who would you like to see in the dugout instead? Yeah, which which leaves it pretty open, right? I mm. think it leaves the Euro pretty open because I think England and France are the contenders. Spain are thereabouts. They're going to lurk, right? I don't know who else is going to be a serious contender. Yeah, I mean, Belgium are in a transition. A lot of their best players are getting on, I think. The Dutch look too erratic. I think Germany's in a, a bit of a mess at the moment. Portugal, perhaps, if they can get something together. Perhaps Portugal. Perhaps Portugal. Um, but yeah, England and France are the obvious contenders. And of those two, you go to France. Yeah, 100%. Every time. Maybe the Italians? Look. Now that Mancini's left. And, and we yeah. can talk about Mancini leaving, right? Going to Saudi. Yeah. Mm. Which <laughs> Saudi, in our confederation, that makes them a very serious contender for the AFC. Yes, absolutely it does. So there's a dimension there. But um, look, Italy having the recently successful Serie A winning manager, still uh, Spalletti, I think is a good sign. I think Italy between now and the end of the qualifiers um, will establish some kind of credibility to their defence of the of the title. Uh, again, they've got to play here. The Euros are very open. They're hard to win, but they're very open. They are. They absolutely are. And yeah, you say the two favourites, but below that, there's a whole swathe of teams that are in that chasing pack. And I find, oh, what do you reckon? It, it usually goes around that the Euros are harder to qualify for than the World Cup. Yeah. Are the Euros harder to win than the World Cup? Maybe not, but it's very difficult. They're a very hard tournament to win, which makes Last... Denmark, Denmark winning it in 92 and Greece winning it in 2004. Absolutely there it is. Incredible. <laughs> no, but they're incredible feats. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. They're incredible feats. I'd even say Portugal 2016 should go in that side of the spectrum too. Portugal with probably aside from Greece leading into that campaign, Portugal were probably were deserved favourites for winning that. I mean, England were had that so-called golden generation, but France, Portugal were probably and the Czech Republic were the hottest sides going into that. Again, Greece happened to have a patch a total patch of form for the you know two years before that. Mm. Um, but um, you know, there it's a you're right. Hard to qual hard to qualify for, hard to win as compared to the World Cup, but I think. The World Cup's the hardest thing to win. It's got to be. There's one team who uh, may not be at the Euros in the summer is Poland. Notice that. And uh, that's Jack Fernando Santos. Are you surprised? I'm, I'm not. not surprised. I, I didn't see the fit to begin with. I have to be honest. They're probably going to miss out. Yeah, I think they will miss out. I think it's a real, like, as far as European qualifying groups go, it's not that much of a difficult group either. Like, when the group was drawn, you would expect Poland to qualify from it. Sure. They'd be heavy favourites to get out of it. Sure. And for them to be languishing, what are they, fourth or fifth mm, in the group now? Mm. Fernando Santos was right to go. I'm surprised that Poland acted so fast to get rid of him. Uh-huh. I think part yeah. of it would be that he's only been there for a few months. It was completely wrong. Mm. Well, I just didn't see it. I was very surprised when that happened. I was the World Cup and off. Yeah. Just did not make sense to me at all. Yeah. And interesting to see where that, which direction they go in now. Another nation that's slightly mysterious, Norway. Yeah. I can't explain that. I don't know. Do they just not have the, the depth and quality across the position outside of Harlan yeah. Erdogan and a, a couple others? Seems that way. There's too many problem positions. And this was the story with Ibrahimovic that yeah. he always struggled to play in the major tournaments because Sweden wasn't quite at the level and Harlan might be in the same boat, that potentially the best striker in the world misses the major tournaments. And uh, I won't say let down by his national team, but effectively, that's the case. And the Euros and the World Cups are worse for it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's uh, unfortunate that we're going to have the, well, it looks likely that Norway won't qualify directly and that the you know the leading goal scorer of the most watched league, well, you know, is unlikely to be there. I wonder if the expanded World Cup will allow for Norway to qualify. I don't know if there's enough spots being added or not. But Probably. to think Harlan might go his career without playing a major tournament is a crazy thought, but it's possible. Oh, I think it, I think Norway will make the next World Cup. They haven't started that, have they? You, not in Europe, but they have in South America. Mm. They haven't. So World Cup qualifiers did kick off in this international window in Commonwealth, the most arduous campaign, you know, qualifying rounds, uh, as is always thrown every World Cup that, uh, you know, and look, quite right now, it's, there's 18 qualifying matches. Yeah, ridiculous. Just about the I same don't as, know. Just about the same as the soccer is playing every time. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I suppose we've got to get the games against Bangladesh and co out of the right, way. Yeah. yeah, we've got two. Yeah, exactly. Right. We've, we've got, I mean, there's three qualifying phases or four qualifying phases in Asia and we participate in, in two generally. Mm, often three, often sometimes four as well. It feels like forever anyway. Um, Again, with the spaces that they get, I don't know whether South American qualifying has that same sort of appeal to it because there might be too many spots now. Because you always saw Brazil, Argentina, they always go through. Probably Uruguay, probably... Uh, actually, after Uruguay, you get a bit of a mix. Chile, Colombia, and it was always a good fight to that, that fourth or fifth spot. I think too many get, now? Yeah, I think they get one more spot. And look, it's a good money spend, no doubt, for the broadcast rights for a Okay, so where were we? 
comedy ball. Yes, the wonderful comedy ball. Yeah, I, I believe there is a sixth place qualification playoff that that team will get as opposed to where it used to be fifth place. But yeah, so I think Commonwealth gets one as well. Yeah, and look, I got the same concerns, I suppose, over how interesting the qualifying is going to be when it gets to the focal point. There's one way to fix this. There is one way to fix this. Merge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Merge with Cobra uh, And also, yeah, yeah crazy idea, which we probably discuss at a, which we will discuss at another time. I need to flesh it out a bit more. But I think we need to go down the path across Federation qualifiers. I was just thinking of just pretending to that, but even on the break. It'd be fantastic. I want to see. I want to see mergers, lads. I want to see Commonwealth merge with CONCACAF. Uh-huh. I, I want to see, if we're redrawing Confederation lines now, uh-huh. I want to see Middle East, North Africa break away and merge. I think that'd be a good one, actually. And I want to see the AF, the rest of the AFC and the OFC merge together as well. I agree. Yeah. So current East AFC division. Yes. Yeah, yep. I agree. They merge with OFC. I, I mean, it might increase some of the costs getting, say, like, the Pacific Islands to fly to how far west does the uh, AFC East go? India? Mm, yeah, Pakistan? India. Or no? I think it's India. Might be India. Mm, yeah. Actually, maybe not. Maybe Pakistan and Uzbekistan and, well, not Uzbekistan, but uh, Tajikistan would all hang around. Yeah. And it's more or less the uh, the Arab world, right? So the, the Gulf countries that head over with their North yeah, African yeah. counterparts. I, I think that's a bad shout. I want to see some uh, Morocco against Saudi Arabia qualifying action. I like it. I like it. Because mm. I think across that those teams, you've already got some a nice blend of big teams and not so big teams, both competitively and what's the word I'm looking for? Supporters? No. I don't know. Whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about. I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's up late, Les. Yes, that's right. It's pulled up late. No, but like the cultural... <laughs> Uh, a cultural fit, I think, would be good, and with that kind of amalgamation, uh, mm. it'd be treated as derbies. It would be. It'd be fascinating. It'd be like you're seeing some um, Balkan countries go head to head fairly regularly. Okay. See, this is where with Europe, I think they should actually do regional qualifying. <laughs> That'd be good. Mm. That'd be very good. So, like, let's get the home nations. You know, they keep talking about having home nations. You know what? Put them together. Best of the, best of the British Isles. There you go. That's right. I mean, it's going to be England every time. Very fancy, but it's Mm, Yeah, there we go. Also, if we have this breakaway Middle East North Africa confederation, then it benefits African football too, like mm-hmm. the remainder of the CAF. Correct. And it solves that problem of having absolute chaos in African World Cup qualifying mm-hmm. that happens every single cycle. This sounds like an episode on Uplight for the future, for sure. <laughs> We're onto something, I'll tell you. Oh, I think so. I think so. Just go yeah, Gianni on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Speaking of Gianni, he was at Hampton Park. Of course he was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did he feel like yeah, on that day? Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. But um, what else put you right? There's a joke in there about Gianni and today I feel and... Uh, um, yes. There's a Mel Gibson reference in there too somewhere. Is there? Okay. I didn't <laughs> mention Mel Gibson at this point. <laughs> the day I feel Braveheart. That's that's pretty random. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Today I feel Braveheart. Laz, what else got by this week? There was a big story that came out yesterday oh, in the local yeah. paper in the local papers. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure you've seen it, mm. regarding the APL and the grand final decision, the ongoing mm. contract. Mm. It looks like it might be getting ripped up or altered, shall we say. Yep. And I know you're in favour of that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think, and I think that's a correct decision. I mean, from a supporter's perspective, right? from a sports administration perspective, I don't have to go home and see, you know, litigation. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the alternative of a magic round would be a good solution. Put it in Sydney, have it around a public holiday weekend, somewhere maybe, I don't know, Easter perhaps uh-huh. as an option. Uh-huh. Because it would even work on a sporting sense as well because what have we got? 12 teams in the A-League. You've got three Sydney teams. You've got the Mariners and the Jets have more play, uh, quote-unquote, home game in Sydney. Okay. And the Knicks have played a lot of games in New South Wales as well. So I think... Really, you could almost make it work just off that alone on a sporting sense. I don't think you put too many clubs out of a home fixture as what we do see in the other coats when they have a magic round. And I think it's a, a decent compromise. So would you suggest playing half the fixtures at uh, Parramatta and half the fixtures at um, Allianz over a Friday, Saturday, Sunday? It's a Monday. Yeah, and one stadium per day, I reckon. Yeah, You wouldn't have, say, Both, yeah, Friday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you wouldn't have Saturday 3 at Parramatta and then Saturday mm. 5.30 at Moore Park. Mm-hmm. It'd have to be Friday games are at Parramatta, Saturday games are at, I don't know, uh, Homebush, Sunday games are at Moore Park, something like that. Not Homebush. Be- no, not Homebush, but it was, yeah, just an example. Yeah. If you Where else would you put it? Colga or? No, no, no. Allianz. Campbelltown? Allianz and Parramatta would be the way to go. Do you need a third stadium? Uh, okay, Campbelltown, maybe. Look, when I played Campbelltown game on the Friday night, yeah, make it a festival of football, as they always say. The festival of football. <laughs> There's a sign to Jack. I never thought I'd mention sign, but on the bottom there, there you go. Well, that's just about as random as Braveheart, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And now I've just been singing, you know, Mel Gibson with his uh, face paint and singing Flair of Scotland. Oh, dear. <laughs> and in my head, I've got Johnny Pantino doing a cosplay of that. <laughs> well, Johnny Infantino is more like George Costanza, but anyway. Les, we'll call you all right. Never mind. Um, that's a good question. There were a couple of things. So, Craig, did we uh, have a couple of choice things to say that Adelaide was on his way up? Yep. And he wasn't the only one in his family. Mm. Which is rather unfortunate given how long he's been playing. Yeah. I mean, this is something we've seen in sport for a while. A player wants to retire at a club. Wants a, a contract long enough to make sure that happens. Craig Goodwin wanted three years. Adelaide only offered him two. They couldn't reach an agreement. And off he goes. This is something that we talked about it last week. But it's a real shame for the A-League moving forward. Craig Goodwin, one of the best players in the league. Perhaps the best. I'd say definitely the best Australian player. And yeah, the competition is worse off for it. And I think there's a lot of Adelaide United supporters going around that are not quite happy about their off-season business. Bringing a couple of scholarships. And not much else. I understand. A few friends I've known based on what just said, actually, because I've read the same, you know, the same things and, yeah, and with them going, I don't like the bill. Maybe they've got something in the pipeline. Let's hope. Maybe, maybe. Uh, it'll be Alice's bill. Yeah. Is he actually going this time? Like, is he going to no, pull an fine. 11th hour? Maybe. I will not resign again. And he's in that. That looks like. We've got some Hollywood references here. You see the movie that, you know, it reminded me of the dictator for some reason. <laughs> That's it. Uh, today I feel Aladdin. 
But Cheese Morgan, uh, you know, God, if I ever have to hear about Cheese Morgan again, I'll be happy. But there you go. Cheese Morgan had been, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how this has happened. Ruby how Alice was decided the... to tender his resignation through Cheese Morgan. Well, I, 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 I can't imagine Piers Morgan has a big reach in Spain. Like, how has this happened? He wanted to reach the English speaking world. Well, he's done that. And there were a lot of cynical people about it, and I get it completely. The fact is that you cannot do what he did. And it's that, and that, yeah. and that. <laughs> on that stage. Yeah, and that, and that, that's right. <laughs> but it's, on that stage, it's just inappropriate, right? Got to show some, <laughs> some decorum, you know, and some super draw, and you can't, you know, go around, you know, thrusting your genitalia around. I don't care how, you know, how excited you are with the invasion. Yeah, exactly. And it's been a long time coming. And let's hope that the next phase of the Spanish Football Federation is, uh, much improved. Spanish Much football improved. politics. Spanish football politics. Yep. Crazy word. Certainly. It's certainly not dull. Oh. It's a lot of things, but it's not dull. Yes. So, yeah. Across the cognitive space. He went on talk sport. He I did. saw. He did. Which is very interesting. Mm. But obviously, um, you know, he beat himself to, uh, to the Spurs supporters and uh, the Libra in general. And Jesus spoke well. Oh, of course. That's one thing you can guarantee with Ange. Well, there's many things you can guarantee with Ange, but his oratory skills are unlike pretty much any other football manager I've ever seen. He always knows the right thing to say. And not only these words, but the way he's saying it as well. And I'm already seeing lots of Arsenal supporters saying, oh, I want to hate the guy, but I just can't, you know? And Celtic supporters want to hate him and they can't. Yeah. But um, I was going to say, Nathan, he's actually given a full warning as well that Kevin Musket uh, will follow his footsteps. But he'd probably end up at Rangers instead of Celtic. Yeah, I think that would be more a... Uh, a that would be a better fit, I'd say. Well, I've seen that he played. Yeah. Stylistically too, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez, that's harsh. He's got the Marinos side. He's pretty good. Yes, yes, yes. More talking about the player, Kevin Musket. Yes, exactly. Not the manager. The players, mm. the player wasn't, you know, well, player left a couple of things in his side. Mm. Mm. Yes. I'll just leave it there. Once again, certainly not dull. Definitely not dull. <laughs> Definitely not dull. But um, another thing that caught my eye with regards to, and you mentioned the area, um, I saw it um, Rob Slater. Well, I think he's speaking with vested interest in mm. uh, I saw this. Yeah. Uh, was saying that um, the A League, the management of the A League, should go back to Football Australia because the A League company has bullied up the administration of the league. And the thing that is referenced is not dealing with destination New South Wales. It's the TV deal with Paramount. Yeah. Uh, where did he sit with that one? Look, I mean, is he being a I, bit facetious here? There's merits the in what he's saying. Yes, he's stirring the pot. Yes, of course. He would, I'm sure, like to see the A come back to Fox. But also, he's right in pointing out that as it stands now, if you were to stop time and give a grading for the APL's management of Australian football since it's taken over to now, I can't imagine it's going to be that high. Okay. It's not. It's not Australian football. It's the A League. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what that is what I mean. And some things have been all right, but other things like destination survivors leave a bad taste in the mouth, and the broadcast deal. Also leaves a bad taste in the mouth. Now, I'm not necessarily going to um, rip in completely to the APL over the broadcast deal because at the time, we thought it was a good deal. I think most people thought it was a good deal moving to Channel 10, stroke Paramount. But what we have seen transpire since then is it's not been good. It has not been good. And with hindsight, yes, 
Optus would have been the dream, but I don't think they were ever in for it. Yeah. With hindsight, I think nine stand was the much better option to go for. Mm, yeah. I agree with you. I think if Optus were to put their head in for it, it'd be great. But I think they're right. I think that um, stand should be one stand. And I think the main reason as to why they went with Channel 10 over nine was that there was question marks over would football be a, a second-tier sport compared to rugby league. Yeah. And I understand that. And I probably thought the same at the time. But... It's eyeballs. I still, I, I've said this previously on the pod. I still maintain it. Not many people will sign up to Paramount Plus just to watch the A League. It's just the rusted ons, and also the content available on Paramount Plus non football does leave a bit to be desired as well. I was going to say, I think I get the point of differentiation between Nine Stand and Chelsea. Sorry to get Chelsea because there's no one support on Chelsea. I don't yeah, it isn't great. It isn't great. And how we write it off to actually have had stepped in for it. I don't think Fox won it. I don't think Fox won for it at all. No. Right? It was right to move on from Fox. Yeah, but in any shape of form, not only local football, they don't even want the Premier League back or anything like that at all. Not only do they not want the Premier League back, but they also booted off being sport. Correct. So there's zero football on Fox still now. Yep. So new sport. You know, you've got code sports, which Adam Peacock and a couple of other do great work with, but okay, you've got to get behind the payroll for it. There's nothing that's happening in the capacity of sport and football, and they don't want it. So, you know, Optus, you've got to go where the allies are, and Optus is an ally of the game. It's that simple. Likewise, Stan. Speaking of Stan, I'm looking forward to the Champions League next week, but uh, I'll probably get to that a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can get into it now, Les. If we get what to are you looking forward they, to this weekend? Yeah, look, if we get to it now, Nathan, the, you know, the, the episode will end rather quickly. And we haven't had an argument or a heated discussion or anything like that. I think we need to do because <laughs> it's been a couple of episodes since we've been at each other hammering time. All right. Have I'm you got a a, uh, a piece I of bait for me? I don't. That's what the problem is. Mm. It's because it's international break, Les. It's, it's too slow. It's purely it's just too, international break. It's too okay. friendly. Okay, two things. That's the point. All right, two things. And look, Anthony... Taking a leave of absence, Manchester United. Oh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to look. You don't want to. You, you brought up Harry Maguire and you're bringing up Manchester United, not <laughs> me. Okay. All right, well, fuck Manchester United. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> Keep them to the curb. And I've got stories on Manchester United. I'm actively I'm not bringing them up. Uh, we, we, you know what? We might have to, you know, get Laurie Whittle back on. Heaven forbid. Love Laurie, right? <laughs> it's. <laughs> But, you know, you know Manchester United. Ah, uh, jeez. Anyway, I'm going to go have to take a bath and I'm going to have a shower. But, um, this is all you're undoing this week. I know, I know, but it's it's admittedly. I mean, you know, but Paul Pogba. Mm. What about this, this guy? This I'm, is probably up there with football's biggest what ifs. Yeah, I'm saddened by this. I really am. Yeah, and this is a guy who's had so many injury problems. And yes, he's in the news not for an injury this time, for a uh, positive drugs test. And I don't know his motivations by it, but perhaps it was a way for him to try and force his way to try something different to overcome some of those injuries. Perhaps, I don't know. But in any case, it's a bad situation for him to be in. It's a bad situation for Juventus to be in as well. And as I say, this for mine, injuries and this story now, that Paul Popper will be one of football's biggest what-ifs. If he is suspended for a long period of time, let's say two, right? I mean, the maximum is for let's say two, and he manages to keep himself fit and he wants to come back into football, should an A-League club go after him? I don't think that an A-League club could afford him. Surely Saudi would be destination yeah. for, for Paul Popper. 
Yeah, or MLS. No, oh, Saudi. Mm. And part of that is his faith. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And part of it is also that that's the style of player that Saudi is sort of going for. It's mm. that sort of profile. Mm. It, faith aside, like the sort of personality that Paul Pogba is, I think if you're talking from their perspective, he'd be a great fit. Mm. I'd love to see players of the reputation and the the pool and everything else that comes with a player like Paul Popper playing in Australia, sure. And a player who was linked to our shores over the summer was Eden Hazard. Yeah. Players like that, I'd like to see down here. And we haven't had one of those since Del Piero. Yeah. David Vera side for a four-game stint. I think they're very good for the league, not necessarily for the clubs who get them, yeah. but they're very good for the league. Well, Mummy was in that framework as well. Yeah, that didn't work out, did it? No, no. So, no. Unfortunately, it did do his ACL. Yeah. So, I'm very, very on the defense. But, um, okay. It looks like we're not going to argue with anything, which is really a shame. <laughs> you got your gloves on, Laz. That's what you've got. And you got no one to punch. Just teaching for it. You know, just teaching for it. <laughs> because we haven't had it for a while. No. And uh, look, in this episode, we'll sneak into an E rate. But I'm trying to, you know, I don't know if there's anything there. Like you said, let's blame international for it. Mm. So, and it's also the conclusion of a few stories going around, like Rubiales, for instance. Yeah. It's sort of in between news cycles, I think, at the moment. We'll see what the next week throws up. Mm. Speaking of the next week, Laz, what are you looking forward to this weekend? I've actually got something that is a bit left since I need to thank Danny Brown for it. Oh, okay. So have a listen to this. It's absolutely ridiculous, right? So, 1970s, late 1970s. Danny McBurney came across an article where the Northern New South Wales football premiers in the late 1970s earned a $10,000 prize money check, right? Late 1970s. According to his information, guess how much the first prize is for the Northern New South Wales football premiers this year? It's going to be less than 10000 isn't it? No, it's smack on 10000 Oh, it is still 10000 Okay. <laughs> so 45 years later and not $1 more than $10,000. Ridiculous. How about that, Nathan? I've got half a mind to whip out the inflation calculator and see what that 10,000 back in the 1970s is worth today. Might be 30K, maybe more. I'm going to do it. Entertain yourselves for a moment, (laughs) listeners. (laughs) All right. RBA, $10,000 in the year 1970. Let's call it 1977. 1977. Let's go with that. In today's money, $62,000. There you go. So whoever wins the Northern New South Wales competition is about fifty-two grand out of pocket. I make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So there you go. One of my little points in faith. Well, obviously, uh, club football picking up again. Uh, I noticed that uh, Bayern and Bayern Liverpool using this on Friday or Friday night European time, so they're really on time. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I really look forward to the Champions League next week. I haven't seen the fixtures. Who who's up first for Newcastle? I see Milan. Oof. Yeah, so wow. Newcastle Great you know, way to keep things off. <laughs> you know what that means? It's PSG versus Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, that that's an unbelievable group. Unbelievable. It is the best Champions League group ever. In, in years, in years. In, yeah. I'm I'm prepared to say ever. I don't mind the Real Madrid group. Not that we kind of said, hey, you know, but Napoli and Union Berlin and Braga. Okay, yes, Braga's not great, but we're at two group. They've done well to get into, you know, to break into the Champions League. But um, Union Berlin, 
I wish they were playing at their, their stadium though, or their ground instead of yes, it, it would be good. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just a shame. Yeah, um, and Madrid but, Napoli. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd be very surprised if it's not Madrid first, Napoli second. Mm. But that's not to say there won't be good moments along the way, like Union Berlin at the Bernabeu, which would be fantastic. But yes, that PSG Newcastle Dortmund Milan group is unbelievable, and every game is a blockbuster. All six of them. Yeah, all, all six match days awesome. of games. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You mentioned the San Siro Lows? Yes. Milan Derby this weekend. Yes, I know. Mm. I know. Which will be on Sunday morning, our time. That's something I was looking forward to. Mm. Very much so. But yes, the return of club football is what I'm looking forward to, in a broad sense. Oh, yeah, I get it. I know. I know you don't like international football that much. I don't like international friendlies, lads. <laughs> <laughs> You like competitive games, not friends. That's right. Yeah, I do. I do. There's a little wriggle room for some novelty, like the soccer is playing Mexico and Texas, sure. But by and large, by and large, give me club football. Not even give me Premier League, just club football. And uh, yeah, I think headline fixtures this weekend in the Premier League are West Ham, Man City, and Man United, Brighton. Yeah. And uh, that's not necessarily something I should be looking forward to, I don't think. Yes. Well, at least they're visiting. You're not going down there. Well, they beat us at Old Trafford last year, so we shall see. Yes. And hopefully Newcastle United can uh, get a win again. No, home. Brentford's a tough beat. They are. But, yeah, up at St. James. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's, and uh, uh, Bournemouth-Chelsea as well should be fun. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's, uh, anyway, Les, have we uh, hit the back beat? Yeah, I think we have. But the highlight is definitely going to be like Derby. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, very so, much so. It's just a shame that it's not on Foxtel anymore, the Bean Sport, oh, to come full circle. Yeah, yeah that's unfortunate, but that's all right. Subscribe to Bean and uh, watch it. Another subscription. Wonderful. Yeah, I know. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> great. Never mind. And on that note, Nathan, yes, we have hit the back peg. A pleasure, we'll, Les, one, yeah, once again. Yeah. We'll have to do our leagues next uh, episode, I think. True, true. We need to check in with them. Yes. Maybe we can uh, pick up some new teams. Yeah. <laughs> as well <laughs> yes fair enough thanks again Nathan thanks again to everyone listening as well enjoy the football coming up this weekend and oh hang on before we go big one mm-hmm. I forgot to mention this this did take my uh, yeah, take out my ears Arsenal women out of the Champions League ah oh, yes big story yeah it's a big story and it has um, you know obviously an effect on you know Caitlin Ford and Steph Catley Yep. So, which is this is the semi-finals from last season. Correct. Correct. And they're out. Yeah. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Popfoot, you know, in the uh, final qualifying round. Yeah. And there's no Europa League. No, that's right. So they're done for continental competition. Maybe it'll hold them a good set for the WSL. Maybe. And, you know, we're not far off from uh, all the women's leagues kicking off. So, which, uh, we can keep an eye on that as well. So, and I noticed that Jenny uh, and Musa uh, has gone back to Pachuca and uh, to a uh, Heroes Northern, which is great to see as well. And on that note, now we can say we've hit the back peg. Mate. I think we hit it again. Thanks again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ties in the right. Thanks again. <laughs> Thanks again to all the listeners. Enjoy the football that's coming up. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for checking out the episode, and we'll speak to you next week. Yeah, All righty. <laughs> uh, yes, um, your audio, I hope it sounds...